0: Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Trashfire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am that host, Skits M. Jones. And let's kick things off as we always do with a look back on the past week's event. uh, Fuck it, I'm leaving it in. Looking back on the past week's events and looking forward to what is to come. First off, uh, this most recent Thursday, we had Game of Microphones. Uh, it was a, a great night, a killer lineup, a fantastic crowd. Um, the, the lineup was, uh, myself hosting Joe Antonacci, Fritz Wagner, Darius Hurley, uh, Mitch Peely Dara Oz, Peter Daniel, Aaron Klopfer, who won the night and KB Marion who closed it out. Uh, absolutely fantastic night. I, I was not feeling my best, I'll be honest. I was feeling very out of my element uh, that night. I'll go into why uh, in a bit here. Um, so to have had it be uh, such a, a, a good night, I, it, it, was, it was outstanding. Um, this Thursday, we've got an absolute banger of a lineup. Uh, we've got uh, Luis Aravalo, Paul OneLuck, Justin Arsenault, Paige Blair, Talbot Steele, Peyton Ruddy, and Pat Chase headlining. Um, So that's going to be a show you definitely want to come out to. Uh, For another show that's coming up, on Tuesday, September 24th, uh, I will be appearing for the first time at Shakers on Clark for Shakeover Tuesday. Uh, This particular show is a women and non-binary showcase uh, that has an, af- uh, has an open mic after the showcase. Uh, the, the producer is, uh, Steph Chiraska with whom I just did, uh, Flabby's comedy Cavalcade. Um, I also appeared on her, uh, one of her other shows, Steph's Darling Parlor, which was at the Elbow Room back in April, which was my first like booked performance in the city doing, uh, doing stand up. So to be, you know, um. Uh, coming back on for another one of her shows is, is fantastic and, and, uh, flattering to be invited back. And also, um, the timing of doing this showcase is so needed for me, uh, because if you are familiar with the, with the Chicago and the Chicago suburbs comedy scenes, you may be aware that there was a recent kerfuffle, uh, taking place on Reddit where a lot of the open mics in the scene and certain performers and stuff were being dragged, uh, you know, publicly, but by anonymous accounts or whatever. And somehow I got dragged into it. Uh, not, I, I wasn't actively engaged in it. Uh, but my name came up and I, I was dragged by someone, um, and the, the way that they dragged me, in addition to saying that, you know, I'm talentless and I'm single-handedly ruining Game of Microphones, uh, was to say that I am performing my queerness as a joke and I am a disgrace and, in fact, hurtful to the, the trans and non-binary communities. And that really fucking hurt. Um, seeing that written was damn near devastating for me. Like that really fucked me up. Um, for a number of reasons, one being comedy is the first environment where I so blatantly and openly acknowledged my queerness outside of actual, like activism or instructional teaching work or nonprofit stuff. Like I, I volunteer, uh, for the, the YWCA, uh, rape crisis center doing, uh, teachings on LGBTQ, etc uh, considerations within that work, things of that nature. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've done, uh, Speeches and presentations for College of DuPage's, uh, uh, Pride Alliance. I've, I've, you know, been involved in stuff like this for a, a fair amount of time. Um, you know, and yet, uh, even though I've, I, in, in prior years had dabbled in, uh, you know, wearing women's clothes or wearing makeup or, um, you know, things of that nature, and I've certainly written I, some of my earliest poetry has reference to the fact that I am deeply unsatisfied with a lot of the elements of my own masculinity and my embrace or desire for the, the feminine in myself. Um, I grew up in a lot of struggle of not being masculine enough uh for what was expected of me, you know whether it was um just in my family life at, at home or in you know sports in school or Jesus in the military um, and beyond my my gender has never been a thing I've been terribly comfortable with. And to think that this is simply something that I have uh, aped and am using as a a tool uh, to mock and ridicule a, a marginalized community of which I am a member that already faces such great hardship, you know um, that fucked me up. it really did to to see that stated, and you know I know it's it's one anonymous shithead on some fucking messaging or posting fucking platform like it's it's one thing, and certainly going into uh, any performance field. Um, you know, I, I am subjecting myself to the fact that there will be haters. There will be people who will look at what I do and nitpick it apart and talk mad shit and things like that. And so it's, it's not that I didn't expect this at some point. I think I just didn't expect it so soon. Um, cause in my mind, I'm still not shit, you know, like, It's not like I'm making a living doing this. It's not like I'm booked out, you know, every weekend from now until the foreseeable future. I'm not in, in like ridiculous high demand. I don't get to set prices for myself to do anything. Like I'm not shit. And I didn't think this would be happening in this fashion. You know, it's, it's another thing to get a snide remark in person. Um, because I've I've certainly lived with that before. And, you know, going into any building, any venue, any room dressing the way I do, looking the way I do, you know, acting uh, the way I do, wh- what have you. Whatever it is that my being puts out in any room you know, I've, I've walked into environments where I'm like, oh shit, am I going to get beat up here? Am I going to get, uh, you know, uh, assaulted is my, you know, car ever going to get fucking vandalized or, you know, like there are more occasions than not where I will walk into a, a space and, not immediately know whether i am welcomed or not and i say that as someone who presents very masculinely and i know that about myself i have a fairly average build you know i'm i'm not slight by any stretch m- much to my dismay um my voice is booming um you know i'm heavily tattooed bearded bald uh again much to my chagrin um you know i know what i look like and i know i'm not the first person who would be targeted uh you know if if someone wanted to make an an issue with someone for for not presenting in in traditional fashion with regards to gender um because i still look like someone who could probably hold my own god forbid if i were you know, as, as tiny as I wish I was sometimes, you know, and I, I've been asked, why don't I do more to fem up my presentation? And look, I, I will never be the woman that I wish I was. That's not in the cards for me. It's never going to happen. I am aware of that fact because it's just not what I'm working with. You know, so I, I fuck with gender. I I mess it up. I uh engage in behaviors and modes of dress that do not typically fit someone who looks like me. Um you know, that's how I how I cope and another way that I cope and also diffuse, you know, questions or judgments or things is When I am on stage, I talk about it. I address it because like, yeah, this is what I look like. I am very comfortable. Uh, But in case you are not comfortable, let's get you comfortable with this. Let's, you know, so any joke that I make about my appearance is to get the crowd on my side and comfortable with me when they might otherwise not be because I've I've had situations where folks have judged my appearance and not been comfortable with me and you know after that diffusion of the lack of of uh, of uh comfort af- after the 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 you know breaking down of that initial barrier then I can get into the rest of my material but I will more I I will more often than not open a set with yeah I know what I look like, and I know you might have some questions, so let's just fucking get into it. Um, You know, so to think that I am uh, dressing goofy uh, because I, I don't have any material and I'm a fucking fraud or whatever, that's bullshit, frankly. It's fucking bullshit. And, you know, anyone who ever questions my my personal queerness, you know, I've had the shit openly tattooed on my hand for many years. I've worn women's clothes, you know, not as consistently as now, but I have in the past for many years. I've dabbled in makeup. My makeup skills suck. So now I will just, uh, you know, cover my eyes with sunglasses and accessorize and do shit like that because I, I suck at makeup. Um, you know, I, I used to paint my nails and, and grow them longer and shit like that. And I can't, uh, because my job doesn't really allow for it. It would just be a a constant mess. So I don't, I perform gender and gender fuckery in the ways I do because it's the ways I can. And it's the ways I can be the most comfortable I can be while living my day to day life in a body that is forever uncomfortable for me. So if anyone ever wants to question what I am or what I am about um fuck off. Like if you don't know me, you don't know me. So don't act like you fucking do. And for anyone else who has any questions about me and and genuinely wants to know and genuinely wants to understand by all means, ask. I've gotten wonderful questions from people uh, as this whole thing has blown up, asking me what my preferred pronouns are, you know, or or asking if they've ever uh, slighted me in any way by, by addressing me in one form or fashion or another. And here's the thing. I know what I look like. I know what I sound like. If people use he, him pronouns for me, it is not the end of the world because that, you know, A, it's it's next to never coming from a place of malice. You know, people I know and am friendly with are not trying to insult me. Uh I know what I look like, I know what I sound like. I I understand that I present masculine and I understand that I also have access to all of the privileges that go along with that and to deny that would be fraudulent. To deny that I present male and can wear masculine uh wear masculinity as a, uh, uh, a costume and an armor, you know, if I want to go out walking late at night, I can, you know, especially if I change my mode of dress and my mode of carrying myself, if I, if I code switch and present purely masculine, I know that I can pass and I can be safe in a lot of environments where a lot of people don't have that option. So I don't deny that element of myself. I see it. I recognize it. I know what the fuck it is. Um, so that's why I don't get upset when, you know, someone uses uh, masculine, he, him pronouns. It doesn't bother me. Um, it's, it's the least of my concerns. Uh, you know, I prefer they, them pronouns. That's my personal preference. Uh, I also am not a huge fan of my of my birth name, uh, the name Adam, which is my birth name, uh, carries a lot of strong masculine connotations stemming from their biblical origin. And also, as someone who is a non-believer, the biblical origin element uh, also doesn't sit quite right with me. You know, so there are a number of factors why I don't prefer my my given birth name. Uh, And will 99 times out of 100, uh, if you ask me who I am, I'm Skits. That's who the fuck I am. Uh, Because that's who I've been for just about as much of my life as I've been uh, Adam. You know, depending on uh, how legal uh, and official I need to be in any situation. Yes, in my work environment and in a lot of my family and things like that. Uh, the name Adam is still used, and that's for a number of reasons, none of which are necessarily anyone's business. Um, but, you know, if you're asking me what name I prefer to go by, Skits, 99 times out of 100, that's my name. Uh, so there you go. There's that. That shit kind of, it fucked me up. Uh, I'm, you know, so I'm I'm so grateful to be asked to be part of a women and non-binary showcase, because, you know, especially in the non-binary community, there aren't a lot of masculinely male presenting non-binary people who get accepted as readily as someone who presents either androgynous or femme. Um, and, you know, I, I, I can't go into all of the cultural reasons for that. There are smarter people who can have that conversation. I I don't know all the answers, Um, you know, but I know that my gender queerness gets questioned more often than that of, like I said, some people who present either more androgynously or more femme. And that doesn't erase my being non-binary. Um, my gender fuckery is just as valid as anyone's. <sighs> so yeah, there's that. Um, so that's like two Tuesdays from now, uh, the the Shakeover Tuesday Women Non-Binary Showcase at uh, Shakers on Clark in Chicago. Um, but next Tuesday, uh, something very fun, I will be seeing Three from Hell, uh, which is Rob Zombie's newest movie. It is the, uh, it is the, the third movie in the Devil's Rejects series, uh, the first one being House of a Thousand Corpses, second one being Devil's Rejects, and now the third one. Three from Hell, which picks up sometime after Devil's Rejects. Uh, I'll be going to the theater. It's one of those special Fathom events things where you have to buy, you know, special tickets and shit like that. And I'll be seeing it with some friends of mine uh, from uh, from Dragzilla. I'll be I'll be seeing it with the lovely uh, Robin Graves, Lucille Faux and Cindy Vicious, uh, all of whom are just absolutely fantastic people. And I'm I'm looking forward to hanging out. Uh, with them outside of Dragzilla or outside of comedy and just all going and being fans of something else. All of us together, just getting to sit and and fan out over, over a horror movie. Um, So with that being in mind that, that I'll be seeing three from hell uh, on Tuesday, I decided for my musical recommendations to pull from uh, Rob Zombie's discography. Uh, so first an older song uh, from uh, 1995's uh, white zombie album Astro Creep 2000. The song is Electric Head part 2, The Ecstasy. Uh, it's a song that features uh, it features samples from the, the film Shaft, the, the original from uh, 1971. It also references the 1979 horror film Zombie uh which was originally meant as a, a sequel to oh goodness I think Dawn of the Dead uh I could be r- wrong on what it was intended as a sequel to but um uh Zombie loves his references to you know classic horror films and and exploitation films and stuff like that uh, this particular song, Electric Head Part Two: The Ecstasy, was uh, the second single from what would become White Zombie's final album, despite it being the band's highest-charting, best-selling, and most well-received. Um, despite all that success, it was just not enough to keep the band from coming apart. They'd been together for uh, over a decade uh, I I heard Oh, hell. Not quite a decade. I don't know. They formed in the 80s. Uh, they broke up in 98. So I think by the end, they were together like 11 years. Um, so at this point, it, it wasn't quite that long. But they'd been together for quite some time. Um, and there there were just enough tensions that the band was coming apart. Uh, you know, especially tensions between Rob Zombie and the other founding members. Uh, so the band officially ended in 1998. Um, so yeah, this was, uh, the second single from, from that album. And, you know, if, if you've got to end a band ending on that high a note, uh, not a bad way to end, you know, better, better to leave on a high than to overstay your welcome. Uh, but Rob Zombie has certainly not overstayed his welcome as he has continued on as a solo artist, uh, making albums all the way up through, uh, the most recent one being in 2016. Uh, 2016 saw the release of the Electric Warlock Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser. That is the full name of the album. Rob Zombie doing his best Fiona Apple with the naming of that album. Uh, the song is uh, in the age of the consecrated vampire we all get high which is shortened to just get high for the music video release um, the song as well as the whole album was uh, written with, uh, by Zombie along with John 5 uh, John 5 has been mentioned previously on the recommendations list for his work with Rob Halford and the band 2 uh, he was also a former member of Marilyn Manson's band Uh, The recording and touring lineup uh, of Rob Zombie's band for this song, this album, and the the subsequent tours uh, not only feature John 5, but also another former Manson band member, Ginger Fish. Uh, Zombie and Manson have a well-documented history of on-again, off-again working and touring relationships, depending on how petty Marilyn Manson seems to be feeling on any given day. Um, But after the tumultuous first tour, uh, Twins of Evil, featuring Zombie and Manson, uh, two other Twins of of Evil tours have happened, and they appear to be working well together. Uh, So good for them. Um, One thing that I really like about Rob Zombie is, you know... there's not really a lot of controversy to Rob Zombie. You know, I mean, uh, yes, in terms of, you know, the nature of his filmography, uh, I mean, there was definitely controversy amongst horror fans about his Halloween remake and sequel. Uh, There's been controversy when uh, he ran a, a haunted house in Villa Park at the Odium, uh, because there there were uh, features to the haunted house that represented actual uh, serial killers, and this being the Midwest, many of them are from the area, so victims of some of these killers were upset about the use of those killers uh, at, in the haunted house. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, rob zombie's been dating his wife sherry moon zombie since 1991 they got married in 2002 they've they've been together almost the entirety of of his fame and career uh they're vegans they don't get too hard into partying drinking drugs yes i say that uh even even though one of the songs i just referenced is you know get high um but I mean, in terms of like hard drugs and hard drinking, you don't really hear a lot of Rob Zombie hard partying stories. Uh, the most controversial elements uh, of Rob Zombie are his fandoms and celebration of of genre. You know, horror monsters and grindhouse movies and exploitation and black exploitation films of the '70s. Um, you know, and the horror of the '50s through the '80s. You know, he definitely has an affinity for the horrific. But doesn't seem to be a horrific person himself, you know. Uh, He worked on Pee Wee's Playhouse back in the '80s, and you know, aside from gripes from former White Zombie bandmates, you really hear very little about Zombie being a prick. Um, Most of his cast members from movies return to work with him over and over again, you know. And so, personal taste aside, you know, if you're not a fan of Zombies movies or his music, that's fine, but all of his career seems to be just a celebration of the things he enjoys and never appears to really come from a place of malice. And that's something I really like about Rob Zombie. Um, plus consummate showman, like the, the stage presentations and the, uh, you know, the, the effects and the, the, you know, show elements that, that zombie puts in every performance. Um, Anytime you go see Rob Zombie, you're getting your money's worth. You know, there is there never seems to be a time where he's phoning it in. Um, you know, especially on the production end. Uh, so yeah, I am a Rob Zombie fan. And so you get a White Zombie and a Rob Zombie, uh, song both in the recommendations for this episode. And, you know, of course, next Wednesday, I'll tell you all about how Three from Hell was, um... But in the meantime, let's move on to the tarot pull for the episode. Uh, Being as I just talked about Rob Zombie for so long, I decided it would be fitting to pull from the Neon Nightmare Tarot deck by Miss Kitty Cush. The card that I have pulled is the Four of Skulls, uh, which would be the Four of Pentacles in most other decks. Uh, And the, the Four of Skulls represents stability, Um, But stability can be twofold. Stability sounds like a wonderful thing, you know, but part of stability can also be stagnation. You know, if you are so stable that you are not moving, then you might not be progressing. And a lot of uh, stability is also uh, also relates to fear and the, the fear that drives the desire for stability and with this being uh, in the the skulls or pentacles deck a lot of that fear can come from uh, money woes or even just money uh, worries you know and no matter how much money one has I've been the brokest of broke like in debt broke and then I've been you know moderately decent lower working class, uh, broke and, you know, <laughs> so I've never been rich. All right. I can't, I can't speak to upper middle class or rich in terms of financial woes. Um, but I mean, no matter where I've been financially, uh, the, the fear of losing what I have can be one of the most limiting things in the world, you know, and, and I've spoken about it in past episodes, how, you know, the, 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 the fear of instability, you know, whether it's losing a job or not being able to make rent or, you know, what have you is one of the things that keeps me from pursuing performing in a a more feverish, feverish pitch, uh, than I do currently, you know, uh, if I didn't have the day job, all I would be doing is performing. That's all I would do. I would do that every day. I would find some way to perform or create or what have you every day of the week. But uh, I have bills I have to pay. And so I have to dedicate a certain amount of time to maintaining elements of stability. And so the balance of stability versus progress is uh, one that I recognize very strongly. And if you are dealing with it as well, uh, make sure that your your drive to be stable does not keep you from making progress. Even if it's slower progress than you would like, any progress is still progress. You know, a step forward is, is a move from where you are. You know, even if it's a small step, even if it's a slow step, it's still a step. So make sure even in your uh, stability-driven fears, you still venture out a little bit at the very least, and keep making progress in your life and in your pursuits. So there you go. That is your tarot pull for the episode. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for, uh, you know, checking out all the things that I'm involved in, coming to the shows, uh, listening to this show. Uh, Thank you for letting me vent a little bit. Uh, I appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, feelings, concerns, you can always find me on the social media at Jones. Uh, you can find me at Skits M Jones on Facebook. Or you can email me at skits Jones at gmail.com. Uh, also on the Anchor app on which this podcast is recorded, you can drop a voice message if you would like to say something and have it played on a future episode, you can do that as well. So take advantage of all those things. Hit me up, connect with me, because connections—what it's all about, people. I realize that I'm just talking at all of you. I'd love to talk with you. So, you know, hit me up. Uh, that's all I've got for this episode. I'll be back again on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know when you're listening to this, but yeah, keep listening to future episodes. And, you know, the only other thing that I can ask of you, as always, is to keep that trash fire burning.